Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The first degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Hey guys, welcome to The First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting across from Alexis Linkletter and next to Billy Jensen. And tonight we are drinking some vodka, some wine, and eating cup of noodle because we are classy. And we work really hard. There's not always time for food. Non-perishables. Although there was time for you guys to go out to the liquor store. They come back. <laughs> well, there's time for alcohol, but maybe not time for food. Priorities. It's been a long day. It has been a long day. And also, I'm beginning to realize that Billy Jensen only eats trash. I've never seen him eat anything of substance. Really? Like a steak or something? You want me to eat a steak I did right see now? you eat a steak. One, you ordered the steak because last you time we recorded. Sushi. Yeah, because you don't like sushi. I don't like, no, but I'll eat a steak, so you I will that. eat that. And it was supposed what, to come with spaghetti, place. and it came with... <laughs> fries yes and you were disappointed what more, of, what more of substance is steak and spaghetti <laughs> from a sushi yeah. restaurant that's right so why don't you guys just both clamp it down right now but honestly I just we think, won because we got the fries i just think that that uh is a perfect explanation of billy is a steak and spaghetti combo from a sushi restaurant that or a happy meal yeah no if it came with a toy then you would have nailed my, <laughs> my non-crime life yeah you did give me that what was that egg with the toy in it I gave the, you a Kinder, Kinder egg Joy. last time. Yeah. Kinder, Kinder Joy egg. It's yes. in my, I have it in my fridge. That does. Have sound... you, you haven't even opened it yet. Wow. I'm waiting. I don't. Do you know what? If you wait one I... more week, it actually turns into a. Re- it's a princess inside there, but it actually turns into a real princess, and you get one wish. They're really hard to put together, so I wouldn't wait for it to turn into a life size. I princess. just don't have a sweet tooth, so I put it in the fridge because I'm like, maybe one day I'll have a sweet tooth and preserve it. They weren't yeah. good. Anyways, <laughs> give it back. I'll bring it back for you next no, week. Absolutely not. <laughs> They're disgusting. Okay, so... There goes our Kinder Egg sponsorship looking for. <laughs> it was so close. It was so close. Okay. Cup of Noodles, we're still here. We're available. Mm-hmm. Cup of Noodles would be a legit sponsor. Yeah, you know how rich they are? They've been in business forever. I know. They have all the money. And their things probably cost like one cent to make. All right, so I know that our podcast is like 80% about murder But we got approached by a listener that had a first degree connection to a story that is not too unfamiliar to a lot of people in this country and around the world. And that is a story of cyber stalking. Who in this room has been cyber stalked? 
I have. I have. I haven't, and that's not an invitation for anybody to <laughs> cyberstalk me, but no. So that's two out of three. Cyberstalking is all over the place. I feel like it can happen in so many different forms. Well, let's define cyberstalking for a second. I've certainly been threatened on on the internet like uh, a mul- multiple times. Yeah, but is that stalking now? No, I don't think that's that's more just harassment. Yeah. What is stalking to you? I mean, I feel like when it gets to the point of incessant messages threats and yeah but it doesn't even always have to be threats threats. okay so for example i was cyber stalked like 10 years ago i think by a celebrity's son it was very random and it was a guy that i had met once and a year later he just started sending me like all these incessant messages on facebook telling me he was like falling in love with me i had never responded to one he was sending me hundreds of messages every day then made an email and so it was our personal email that we could email back and forth however i never emailed him on it and he was saying that he was going to move to california so we could be together he bought himself a wedding ring that he was wearing so everybody knew that he was mine he was buying me all these presents he sent a used shirt of his to the p.o box that i had for my business like it was super super creepy and i was super close to like terrifying yeah i was super close to um filing a restraining order against him but he ended up stopping and then actually apologizing because he was on drugs when he was doing it but it also obviously it's gotten a lot easier because of the internet because of social media yeah you put yourself out on social media at a very young age right well and that's the thing i was on live journal i was on myspace when i was uh a teenager and i kind of I put myself out there. So I was getting trolled. I was getting online bullied when I was a teenager. So I was kind of used to it. But that is a whole different level of of scary, especially like as a young kid, like straight up stalking right. and harassing. And then we have, I mean, there's, like you said, there are so many different categories where there's also bullying where people, especially at an impressionable age, right. like preteen. I just saw a case in the news where these two 12-year-olds bullied this other 12 year old into killing herself i think it was in january of this year and they are bringing cyber bullying charges against these 12 year olds and it's kind of like a precedent setting case because the internet especially when these comments and these harassing words are in front of millions of people because anyone can see these comments if it's facebook or whatever think about like your entire school seeing the most mortifying thing right that you can imagine about you and imagine then your mind is 12 like it seems oh, like the end all be all absolutely and especially at that age when now these kids are growing up with the internet the internet is almost reality for them and they can't separate that from their normal lives oh, it's so scary yeah and it, it's before if you had a wicked rumor going on around you before the internet you could change schools or something but or you could the- even go home that i, I watched this go home, yeah. documentary i think it was just called 13 it was following 13 13 year olds around for a year and they were following all their internet activity and that was the biggest thing that they're saying is like you cannot escape it because it's following you home you can't and then people are checking all their social media because they're so scared somebody's saying something bad about them this isn't the case that we're going to focus on today but we just wanted to bring it up for you there was a woman a 20 year old woman named amy boyer and she met a guy named Liam Ewens. He had seen her from afar once during a church camp in 1991, and he developed an obsession with her. And we see this a lot, like people that have been met. I, I met them once, and then they become obsessed. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't have to be somebody that you work with that, that sees you all the time. 
you know, they project something onto you and for some reason that you can never you even become infatuated. Yeah. It happened to you, Jack. Isn't that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Da- yeah. Dante wrote the whole Divine Comedy over, over Beatrice, who he met like twice. Sorry, I just wanted a little. There you go. It's a little, little modern day. <laughs> Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Love yes. it. So they're grade school kids, but apparently this kid Liam made the decision uh, eventually to murder her. And he used the internet to both track her down and chronicle all of his demented and horrific plans to murder her. He stalked her entire family online without her knowledge, and she had no idea of his obsession, and neither did her family. He wrote in this uh, murder plans website, in the last four years, this is a quote, in the last four years, I have had three or four dreams about Amy, but in the last month, I've dreamt about her every single night. The last dream I had, Amy was pregnant, so I stabbed the fetus through her, then cut her throat. So the stalking continued to progress after that. Liam found out where she worked, and he picked a day to finally put his plan into action. When she left her office, she sat inside her car preparing to leave, and that's when Liam pulled up to the car next to her. He called out her name, and when she looked at him, he shot her 11 times, then turned the gun on himself and killed himself. And she didn't even know that he was completely lurking and stalking her. And this is a weird case because they actually brought the web host provider to court being like you allowed this content to stay up this website was really deranged the shit he was posting yeah wait so was it his own was it a blog or yeah was, okay exactly so here's and, another and of course you can't be websites cannot be responsible for things like that because of the communications decency act you just can't uh that's what the law is right now is mm. that otherwise there would be no facebook or no twitter or anything because right. as soon as somebody would say make a threat on twitter of course, obviously, you know, Twitter apparently leaves up those threats and takes down uh, accounts if you make fun of somebody because that's how Twitter works right now. You know, it's you, you can't uh, that that's not a thing that you can do against websites. Love that. I mean, freedom of speech. There's good and there's bad to all of these things. Mm-hmm. Another crazy case is one of Newark optometrist David Mastowitz and his former wife, Christine Belford. So they were going through a divorce in 2006 and they had three children and they had a custody dispute, a divorce, and it seemed pretty typical. None of them are like clean and easy. They all suck, Mm -hmm. but it seemed like a normal sucky divorce. But after Christine was granted custody of their children, the typical nature of the divorce completely dissolved. So the family of the father, they never accepted the judge's decision. And they began this obsessive online harassment and stalking campaign to regain custody or in this wild, deranged attempt to regain custody of the children. They created a portal on a website devoted to a theory about the John Benet Ramsey murder that accuses Christine of threatening to sell the girls for $50,000 each to a pedophile and also of sexually abusing one of the girls. It accuses her of throwing food under a rug for her daughter and dog to fight over. And there were similar allegations that were sent to letters to the girls' school and to their church. That is like the most wild. It is horrible. What? Can you imagine someone saying that about you? Like, imagine that as a mother who loves your kids, someone saying that about you? Yeah, there is nothing Ooh. worse. Also, really random JonBenet tie-in. Well, he knows people like buy into that yeah. shit. Yeah, or even they're going like, Google it. Even you, I know, I'm like, hmm, I want to look up this case now. Seems <laughs> interesting. JonBenet, huh? <laughs> so... David, the husband, had his... The, he's, this is this such a weird case. 
Very. It's so odd. He had his high school girlfriend befriend Christine, his ex-wife, so that they could get her email and her social username and password so they could hack into her account and use the information against her. So not only that, they had her secretly videotaped and they taunted her and posted her videos online, which has to be the most terrifying thing in the entire world because you don't even know where those are coming from. Honestly, the campaign of misery they put on her, I cannot imagine. I would hope that people reading that online would realize how absolutely insane that would well, sound. Well, they were, you'll see what happens, and they were they were punished. All of this madness culminated into her former father-in-law killing Christine and her friend as she arrived into the court hearing, and then he killed himself. Right. And this case was actually a precedent-setting case in a lot of ways. In a Delaware court, David, his sister, and his mother, which were the three who were engaged in this internet campaign to ruin Christine's life, exactly, were charged and convicted of conspiracy, interstate stalking resulting in death, and cyber-stalking resulting in death, which has never been done. So this is a this very... Is the first cyber-stalking case resulting in death. Yes, okay. where it was... Or at least that it was... That, they that were, was charged. That they were oh, charged. yes. The first is litigation and, like, the facts of what happened are completely different. Like, a lot of cyber-stalking results in death. Yeah. But this is the first time it's been on paper and somebody was charged and convicted. They all got life. I just get... What a crazy cuckoo family that all of them are... Cons- and, and he's a doctor. All, yeah, and it's all based around the, the custody battle. You know what's interesting, though? I found a few well, of these. Do you think these? you're going to get your kids after you kill somebody? No, but you know what's interesting? The other three cases I was toying with bringing up... The other one was a dentist. Like, there's a lot of... They're all smart All walks of life engage in this. That's the thing. All walks of life. This is, like, not a, you know, poor man's crime. People are so nuts. Okay. People are bad shit. I just had someone hack into my email, like, six months ago. (laughs) Do I know that? Everybody knows. You're listening. If you're listening, you know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Not to point any fingers, but it's somebody she knows. (laughs) With that being said, we're going to get into our case and our first degree connection. Usually we don't take this long to get into it, but this is just how the cookie crumbles in this case. I just case. think it's such it, it's such a widespread thing that happens to so many people that I feel like a lot of our listeners will resonate with these different cases. Well, it's a very robust subject, yeah. and especially given the fact the rapid increase in social media and internet use, how can legislation catch up? It takes, you know... such a long time to put a bill into law and it's impossible and once they do there's some new medium Mm -hmm. that they need to catch up with so that brings us to today's case in our first degree connection is a woman named rachel and what she's been through is insane so we're going to hear from her now my name is rachel and i am a victim of an internet stalker for 17 years. So I met uh, Christopher online, um, I think it was through LiveJournal in, in the year 2001. And um, just to, to set the scene, um, I was going through a divorce, so I was a little bit vulnerable, but I, I also like have full responsibility for my part in the story. I met him online and I was um, going through divorce and we struck up sort of a romantic uh, communication online, which I think is, you know, relatively common. And then um, right after 9-11, I flew out to Seattle to spend the weekend with this guy. And it was not great. I did, of course, jump right in bed with him. um, But over the course of the weekend, I felt like 
I found him to be very difficult to be around, and he was very, very strange. And so uh, by the end of the weekend, I was feeling a bit nervous about my well-being, so I actually ended up leaving in the middle of the night. By the time I got to the airport, I had about 40 messages on my cell phone, and maybe the first 20 were, hey, I love you, I'm sorry, come back, and then the second 20 were like, you f***ing bitch. So while I had been in Seattle having this weekend, this gentleman took some photos of me, which again, I'm responsible for. But when I got back to Texas, I sent him one email, and it's the only email I've sent him in the last 17 years, and I asked him not to contact me again. And he then sent the photos of me along with uh, some some private emails that I had sent to him prior to meeting him um, to pretty much everyone that I know, like all my coworkers and my boss and my family and my estranged husband. So that was kind of the first shot over the bow in terms of what I could expect for the next 17 years. That is my nightmare. Yeah. Well, and also she she's doing something that so many of us do all the time. Mm-hmm. You're meeting a person from the internet. Like I've done that. Apps. It's the it's the norm Can't now. Can't even tell you how many times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she just got extremely unlucky and like wrong place. And this is like, wrong not guy. her fault. You no, know? it's not her fault at and all. And it's like you. It's a cosmic shuffling of the deck. You don't know what you're gonna get when you are on kind of like a romantic adventure like that people do it all the time and it works out great and again she had just gone through a divorce so it's like she's super vulnerable totally and it's like she probably hasn't had fun like that like okay photos like it's like feeling flirty and you know i'm not saying that's what everyone should go do i'm just saying she's entitled to do it and there's nothing wrong with that and that's also 2001 not. too so we're right. talking about even before facebook right so there's also no risk at that time of being like my photos are going to be posted on a revenge porn site revenge that was, porn was not a thing back exactly in so she yeah. just did not it was probably on some polaroid probably you know yeah it's crazy yeah and then uh, to have that sent to your entire family i can't even i can't even imagine me either so let's see what kind of effect this had on her it was devastating personally you know having to like go to my all my coworkers and um you know my family and say hey you might get this email and if if i could ask you not to look at it that would be great but if you do just know that you know this is very embarrassing for me. Um, but again, they, those photos have never gone away. And um, I think he even sent them to my dad, like, on Christmas Day 2013. Relatively recently, he sent those same photos. You know, my ex-husband, that was a different story because, you know, we were, we were estranged and we were in the middle of getting divorced. And then he got this letter. sounded like, I, you know, I deserve better than him. And then these naked photos. So I think it was, I think it hurt him very deeply when that happened. And I, and I did go to him before, um, before he had seen the email. And I said, you know, I would really just ask that you don't look at this email. But he, but he did. Had I had any idea about reconciling, it pretty much get, put it, put an end to that, to any idea that we might reconcile. Okay, so obviously this seems like a huge violation and something just terrible. I would die. So I asked her if she went to law enforcement, like if she wanted to do something about it. 
I don't think I did go to law enforcement. I think I felt very ashamed and um, embarrassed, uh, and I didn't. I, you know, I kind of had some feelings that like it was my fault um, that I had gone there and I had, you know, been intimate with this person and then regretted it. And um, so I don't think I didn't go to law enforcement at that time, but it was like very difficult in terms of like having to do damage control with my family and my coworkers and, um, you know. The rest of my life as, as I was going also going through a divorce so um, it was difficult I can totally relate to that in that if something like that happened I'd feel imagine going down and sitting next to a really macho cop and ex- trying to explain this mm-hmm. to him and be like I flew and met a stranger I had sex with him he took photos of me and now he's using them against me like but it just makes me it may like listening to her talking about that makes me so sad and angry at the same time because obviously as an as an outsider listening to somebody talk like that you're like this is not your fault it makes me so outraged that mm-hmm. as a woman we have to feel so ashamed about something that is absolutely not our faults and, yeah. even, and that you're a total victim to, for exactly. To, and victim you might say, of, okay, well, this is 2001, yeah. and the police didn't know much about social media. But even I was telling you guys before, my friend Lenora, Lenora Claire, who's called the, who had a, a ridiculously dangerous stalker named Cloud Star Chaser after her. She went to the police, and the police actually told her. And Lenora, if you if you look her up, she's very voluptuous. She has bright red hair, and the police actually said, "Well, maybe you should you should you know dye your hair differently and wear different clothes." They actually said that to her. And you said this, was and this only was like this two, was years, like two ago. years ago. Like that is absolutely insane. Like this it's, it's telling a rape victim you shouldn't have dressed like that. Well, you know, we didn't align this subject. I mean, we this was an authentic case we got it and the story was incredible which is why we decided to do it but it does align with a lot of issues we're all facing currently where it's like are you going to be embarrassed further if you do try to if you come out do and say something, something about or go it? to the authorities because there is such a blur in the legislation where you know it's like it's very scary for women where you know i'm risking putting myself out there and possibly damaging my reputation even more to get justice like what's it's like maybe What's, I should just shut up. Yeah, let's weigh anything. the two and see what is going to be the less, least damaging yeah. to my ego, personality, soul. I don't know. It's very upsetting, all of this. It's very upsetting. It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. 
Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. So the University of Maryland did a study on online attacks occurring on a certain internet chat medium that... I don't think that they had which one, but they found that users with female names received a hundred malicious messages defined as those that were sexually explicit or threatening for every four that a male would receive. So that's 20 times more that females receive. I bet it's even more than that. I I bet it's even more than that. Absolutely. It's probably like one to a hundred. Totally. And I mean, men grow up in the same worlds that we do. So these harassers know that women are shamed by all these sexual things and sexual activity. Whereas men's sexual activity are generally taken as a point of pride. And so that's why men generally post the nude photos. It's like they know that this can really damage a woman. And if a woman did the same thing back, it would be like a high five thing. It no, wouldn't damage them the same way. It just wouldn't. It and also women who have this happen to them, they can sometimes be perceived as easy or, or, or these things that aren't true about yeah. them. But men know that they can use this as a weapon against women at times. Seriously, the the big problem, though, is, is that in a society that's become so attached to social media and the Internet, how do you balance freedom of speech with the growing dangers of cyber stalking and cyber threats? Because with this explosion of the Internet and this explosion of our attachments to the Internet, especially with our self-image and our esteem attached to the Internet, like it's a very slippery slope in, yeah. in balancing free speech and, and all of that, especially since we all convey most information in our daily lives through social media. Right. After this guy, Chris, sent these naked photos of Rachel to everyone she knows, her work, her loved ones, her father, her ex-husband, he didn't stop there. Then he started blasting her with really awful emails targeting her deepest insecurities and then just threatening her life, just insinuating that he was going to hurt her, really. So we know that this guy is a scumbag. We know he had sent the photos and everything. But what about the emails that he was sending was scary. So we're about to tell you. Here's an email that Rachel received that was called How to Make Your Own Pet Owl. And I'm going to do a dramatic reading. And it is dramatic. Take one human, smash the arms, legs, knees with a sledgehammer. Bend the twisted limbs around a perch in a large iron cage. Bind the limbs so that they grow into place. Insert a peg tube, peg is in caps, directly into the stomach for liquid feeding. Nasal feeding gets in the way of the next stage. Bust out all of the teeth. Remove the tongue. Blinding is a nice option at this stage, but you might want to wait on that. To set the unfinished owl in front of a large mirror for some weeks. Cut the cheeks midline, break the lower jaw, and collapse the palate. At this point, stomach tube might be left with the facial remnants formed into a beak. Keep a bucket underneath your new owl to catch wastes. Have fun poking your owl with thin, sharp bamboo slivers. Keep the owl on constant multiple antibiotics and switch these up so skin sepsis doesn't set in. And he wrote this himself? He did. Wow. So 
you guys can understand, we're not just talking. Fo- this is threats now. This that is, is a threat. Not only no, threats. This a- is the most demented shit. This is a sick man. It's he's sick- he's already he's already shown that he's doing things that are are dangerous and a, a hurtful mm-hmm. because he sent. There's no never any reason to send nude photos of somebody to all their family and friends and coworkers. So he's already shown that that he's got no boundaries and he's got he's got a willingness to hurt. If you just sent this to somebody that you were courting, they might say, oh, he's really dark and mysterious. And okay, that's good. I don't that's think fine. so. If if you're listening, anyone who ever dates me, do not send me anything like this. I will not think Absolutely you're mysterious. Absolutely not. What is wrong with you? How to Billy. make your own pet owl? Come on. This did is, you this listen is, to Alexis talking about Did you read the poem? Did you, did you? Yeah, but you know what? It's 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 not good poetry, but you know what? It's he might number be, one, not poetry. Have you, guys, you ever, you know what? Have you ever dated a goth guy? No. All right. Well, there you go. Have you met me? Of course not. All right. Well, there you go. Okay, our resident goth guy. (sighs) Anyways, so you would send that to somebody. Would you send that to somebody? I would not send it to somebody, but there are certain sort of uh, gothy type people who would send that that are completely harmless. No, okay, I agree. I agree with that. I think that about making a human into an owl. It's a Trent Reznor video, without the context of. Oh God. Without the context of. Of him, and honestly, take out the take one human part, and then you're okay. But yes, it's <laughs> up. Okay, it is. I'm lit- literally it's like reading that. Literally, is terrible. It's terrible. No, it's what aw- you're listen, doing right now. It's awful, and I'm t- I'm saying that. But the reason why it's he so can awful, find the romanticism in it. The reason why it's so awful is because of everything that came before that. If somebody, if some guy had just sent you that that was courting you or whatever, you might say, all right, never speak to me again or whatever. Or, oh, wow, I kind of like him. He's kind of edgy. But the fact that he did all of this other stuff before that shows that this guy has absolutely no, uh, it does not conform to any social norms. He's got no boundaries and he's willing to hurt somebody. And he very well could go from hurting somebody in the emotional way to hurting somebody in the physical way. And That's making all I'm them saying. a human owl. Number one, if anybody sends me that, I will not think that they're edgy. Billy, I'm I'm glad Are, you, you ended in the right place, and that's we'll just leave it there. As Rachel said, she dealt with this for 17 years, so she just kind of learned to live with this stuff and receive these emails. I have a question: Did she ever? Did she block his email addresses, and then he reach out from with different emails? Yes, he had many aliases. Did he call her ever, or was it mostly through email? Email and the mail, which we're getting to right now. But she learned to live with this, and she got married, and she had a baby. So let's see how that all panned out. He started threatening me um, through the mail, and he what he was doing was sending me photos of charred infants, and then he would send me, uh, like, he would send me an email that just had my address in it. All the emails were called, like, burn, baby, burn. And it was basically, you know, basically saying that my house is going to burn down and that my infant would be killed. The threats against the baby started. My husband lost his ever-loving mind, and he was very upset. So that was a difficult time. Yeah, like lots of very badly burned babies. And also, I have um, two pit bulls. He also uh, sent me pictures of burnt-up dogs as well. Okay, so I know this is just internet stalking, but then how did he know that she had pit bulls? That's not information you can find online. Right. He Did, did he ever show up at her house or her work? Maybe she doesn't. You know, I didn't think of this when I was talking to her. Maybe he knew from when they were 
knew each other and the dogs were still alive but years and years later those are yeah that's those like little details that he would know that really freak you out exactly it's like again you can't google that right eventually along the way i i came to realize that i was not the only victim that there were many many people who had have these experiences with him. I cannot I cannot claim to have had it the worst. There are people that like lost their jobs and their livelihoods and you know were seriously suicidal over the impact that he had on their life. So she essentially realizes by speaking on social media and she ends up joining a Facebook group and you see this to solve problems people create Facebook groups to counter this kind of terrorism online similarly to Luca Magnata exactly and she realizes she's not alone and one victim in particular it's an incredible incredible story what this woman has been through at the hands of Chris we're going to take you back to the 1970s where an innocent pen pal relationship started when a boy and a girl met in the fourth grade. The boy's name was Christopher and the girl's name was Sharon. Sharon is not her real name, by the way. This pen pal relationship started when the two kids started swapping stories about their home lives, their interests, their favorite subjects in school. And hundreds of letters were going back and forth between the two. This is what you did back then, before the internet. If you actually wanted to talk to somebody that wasn't around there and you didn't want your parents really, probably you didn't want your parents knowing because... You didn't want to use the phone. And also, phone calls were really expensive back then. You guys don't understand this. Oh, but, my God. Okay. Back in my day. Back in my day. And I, had I, had to walk to, I had to walk 15 miles in the snow. It was uphill, uphill both, both ways. ways. <laughs> God, so, so mean. This is interesting. <laughs> so, so it was probably it, it was probably like the super boring topics that kids find enthralling. Yeah. Like, I don't know. How's your school day? What did you learn in math? I like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> What kind of uh, this is 1970s. Nano pet do you have? There's no, there's no Pokemon in the 1970s. Yeah, but in the 1970s, it'd be like... What's your pet rock named? Wow. Do you, you have it? Do you have Who's a set of... Star Wars character? Do you have a set of dominoes? Really? That's where you're going with it? I don't What's know. What do they do? Do you like to play with a rock and a stick? No, we had toys back in the 70s. You did? Yeah. What's had, your favorite Lego? I like the one with the... I like the one with the four dots on it. Yeah. I didn't get No one's ever going to ask, say, what's your favorite Do they have Polly Pocket? They did not have Polly Pocket. That was no, the 80s. No, that was like... Oh, was it? Yeah. I had that. I had a Polly Pocket as well. Anyways, okay. So they're talking about sticks and rocks and what their favorite toy was back in the medieval times. Exactly. <laughs> when Billy was hanging out. <laughs> when Billy was there. I like how you're defending the 70s. Like you're... A, Get a grip. When were you born? You're defending the 70s and the pet... Oh, shit. He was... You were also in the 70s. defending the owl poem. <laughs> You need to get a hold of yourself. There are two sides of this podcast. I I wasn't defending the owl poem. I was just saying that within the context of his other actions, the owl poem is that much We understand what you were trying to say. He said the word sepsis in the poem, and you think that could be romantic? Sepsis. You know what? Billy's going to be over in a corner reading this f***ing owl poem, eating a Happy Meal, wishing people Happy Halloween, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Creep by himself. Okay. All right. Anyways, anybody who wants to wants to defend the seven. Jack's with turn. We're really Go getting on. on a lot of tangents. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, they're like talking about stuff like rocks, and it was always like positive notes. There wasn't anything like weird going well, they're on. Fourth graders. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Fourth graders can be dark. As the years go by, the things that they talked about started to become increasingly dark. 
taunting, sadistic, and threatening. And eventually, after a few years, Sharon decided to break off correspondence with the boy due to the threatening nature of his letters. One of the letters that prompted her to cut things off included the statement that the only reason he was not killing himself was because of her, a pen pal who he had never met, by the way, and his pet cats. And that's why we know he's a freak, because he has a bunch of pet cats. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he's going to be telling us he loves Disneyland. <laughs> do you, wait, do you have cats, Billy? I'm a dog person. Okay. Okay. Thank God. That would have been the nail in the coffin. Yeah. So things don't stop here with the letters. And these specific letters also referenced cannibalism, the occult, writings on anarchism, and his hatred of authority. By the late 1980s, the letters were continuing. And they became more disturbing and more threatening. So then Sharon, the girl, she finally goes to college and her male pen pal, Christopher, tries to take their relationship from these ignored letters and into the tangible world. And this is when you think, remember, this started in the fourth grade. God, she's going to college. We're going to college now. And college is one of those things where it's just like, I'm starting a whole new life, stolen this. I'm going to put this away. This is before the Internet. And she you cut know? him off in high school. She cut him off back in like middle school. And in a world where I'm sure there was no laws against stalking. Oh, no. So it was just the wild, wild west. So mm-hmm. she's cut him she, completely forgotten about this guy. She has so many other things on her mind. Goes to college. He shows up at her dorm room. Never met her. Just pen pals. When she was Wait, a freshman wonder, in college. Do you think she knows what he looked like? Like, did she recognize him, do you think, when he showed up? I have no idea. Hmm. And he shows up. What happens when he shows up? I don't know. Her identity's private. This is just like a story. I Wait, we don't. That's it. You leave us on a cliffhanger. Oh no! This goes on for twenty more years. I for know, the but... same person, but he didn't. He didn't end up killing her or anything like that. Like, he not, just like, we showed don't up. Have an end of a story to that day of when he showed up at her dorm room. So no, she freaked up? out. I mean, she freaked out. Mm. She didn't even get an album. Well, so by this point, obviously, like we've said, the stalking via mail shifted into cyber stalking, and then he took the stalking into the tangible real world when he showed up at the dorm room. And this is when she gets really dangerous. I mean, he's driving across state lines. Like, that's a whole lot of f***ing effort. She tries to get a restraining order against him, but because they lived in two different states, she was unable to do so. She was in Kansas, and he was in Billings, Montana, which my fun fact of the day is that's where I lost my virginity. <gasps> What were you doing in Billings, Montana? Day off of Warp Tour. Oh. It was a sad day. I got blackout drunk at a Buffalo Wild Wings off of Fireball Whiskey, and I lost my virginity at a Billings, Montana motel. Woo! Do you feel... I feel good about it. You do? I I didn't have sex for like three years after that because I was so traumatized. I support you thank you no matter how you feel about anything okay anyways (laughs) me too i I do i I, i'm just gonna yeah i love that wings yeah that's good you know what yeah anyways okay so um thank you for sharing that fun fact you know it's anytime i see have you you ever shared that at all with anybody yeah i I have on my podcast but on the other podcast we're like the left we're like the leftovers of the other podcast yeah (laughs) sorry i'm sure we have hashtag lady gang listen and And tune in and watch Sundays yeah. at 1030 okay. after the Kardashians and then there's another show and then them okay but, but we're not going to talk about the other show
Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. So despite his incessant harassment of her, she was able to meet somebody, start dating, and eventually get married. And that's when the harassment... Oh my God, let me start this over. That's when the harassment of her in-laws. in-laws oh, in-laws. There should be a hyphen there. But. Okay. You should write the outlines. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll probably be perfect. These 10-page outlines. You're right. <laughs> you said it at like 4 o'clock. Because it's... I am working on two I know, shows. I know, I know, I know. I wasn't shows. saying anything. I was just saying that because listen, it was either me, me being amazing. They look this good. No, they they They're look actually they, really good. They too. look amazing. It was either me. Um, uh, busting on Jack for not being able to read or busting on you for not putting in a hyphen. I earned I on the side of the hyphen. I'm a sacrificial lamb right now. And yes. I'll be, I'm fine with it. I feel like we should leave this part in just to show people our, the We're real. we get into. We're real. I should, usually we should get leave it, it in. out. Let's okay. leave it in. Okay. Sharon was able to meet somebody, start dating, and eventually get married. And that's when the harassment of her in-laws started and he started threatening to kill them as well. The stalking became so severe that Sharon and her husband decided to move over overseas to escape the whole thing and i can't imagine having something be so traumatic that you have to literally leave the country they did this because of this guy's harassment and that's why you guys i mean we have another victim of this same person's harassment and if you haven't put it together obviously chris fourth grade chris you know this is his first victim right and this is the incessant nature and the extent he will go to ruin your life like then to harass the in-laws to drive her out of the country it's unbelievable crazy and i I think that it goes back to what you were saying in terms of a rejection um you know because at some point i believe she told him that she didn't want to be his pen pal anymore because he was super creepy and um you know and that never went away for him obviously since he never he never let her never let her go yeah, I don't know, man. It's up. So obviously, it's within the span of this pen pal relationship that Chris had with this fourth grade pen pal, where he started to pick up other pen pals on the internet along the way. So we've talked about his stalking patterns, and we've talked about the ways he likes to torment people. But like, who the f- is this guy really? Like, who is this creep? You know, it's a good question. Um, I I found him to be very, uh, he's sort of very tall, very awkward. Um, again, I'm not painting a very good picture of myself in this situation, but just like very, uh, I don't know. Again, I, I don't, I, I'm not a doctor, but he seems to be like maybe somewhere on the spectrum in terms of like he was very sensitive to sound. Like if a bus went by or like a fire engine, he would get very agitated and put his hands over his ears and but I think most of his jobs have been online jobs I actually I don't really know how he makes a living 
at all. He thinks he's the smartest person in the room and he can't handle rejection. You know, there's story there was a there's stories of people just like turning him down for like you know, he propositioned them for a threesome or something and they turn him down and then they spent the next fifteen years being harassed by him. Rachel did an incredible job of painting a picture of who Jason Christopher Hughes is. But we were lucky enough to have a second first degree perspective find us midway through creating this episode and he reached out after hearing about our podcast from Rachel and Travis was also targeted and victimized by Jason Christopher Hughes for almost two decades as well so we're going to hear from him and hear how his reign of terror impacted his life also okay so this guy has a lot of victims most of us don't like to think of ourselves as victims, but the reality is we are. And a lot of us, even those of us who don't think of ourselves as being victims, have had a lot of the psychological impacts of being stalked, um, of being chronically harassed, and things like that. So I met him when I was in my early 20s. I'm pushing 40 now. I met him in year 2000, 2001, somewhere around there, and he was cool. We all lived in Seattle right, in the University District of Seattle. And he was this cool guy who knew a lot about computers and hacking and had, he was just kind of edgy and, and, and kind of neato and kind of a the world kind of guy. And that was really attractive for me because I was young and stupid and angry. So I started hanging out with him. And, uh, you know, he always knew the coolest movies. He was always making pecan pie. And uh, he always had, uh, you know, weed to smoke and various other chemicals. Yeah, well, he had two girlfriends. He was having kind of some domestic dispute amongst them. And I went over there to hang out. I didn't know about this. He had just invited me over out of the blue. So I went over there. And then, you know, I'm I'm feeling like it's time for me to go because they're kind of arguing about things. And I, I don't really want to be around that. And the whole situation was weird. So he asked me to hold on to his drug stash for him. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> that does not seem like a smart move, right? And I just, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. That's when it started. That was the, the first time that I said no to him. So, of course, Travis's experience is going to look different than Rachel's. So I asked him what his harassment, stalking, psychological warfare looked like and what he experienced at the hands of Jason Christopher Hughes. Some of the things that he's done is sending me what are basically uh, curveball death threats by email. doesn't matter what. He's always find a way to, to find me. He does internet searches with people. He's constantly researching his targets, his victims. He's always, 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 always doxing them. So, I mean, he knows more about, I, I suspect that he has volumes of information about everyone that he's ever targeted. The idea is to make the person that he's harassing toxic to other people. So I know that he would get fixated on people. Like, there would be, what was his flavor of the week? You know, I'd be hanging out with him. And they're like, we'd be talking about one thing, but then he, the conversation would continuously go back to this person that he was really, really mad at that week. Betrayal, all the way. Like, that's all he ever talked about was feelings of betrayal. How he couldn't trust anybody, but 
there's something wrong with his head, you know? And I, I don't know what, but I know based on some of the things that he told me. So I think there's definitely one question that probably a lot of you are thinking, at least I am. Why? Why does somebody do these things? How does somebody become like this? You know, there's a lot to be said about how you how you grow up. I, I don't know that I can believe anything that he's ever told me. Okay. So I'm going to prefix everything I say with that. He told me that when he was growing up in Montana, that he was hungry all the time, that his family, that he grew up in foster care, they didn't feed him, and so he would dig in under the tree bark for grubs to eat. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is true, it speaks to a degree of abuse and neglect that can mess with people's survival instincts. So I don't think that someone wants to do the, do any of these kinds of things just to do them unless there's something in the deep brain there that messes with that. So we don't know exactly how many uh, victims or targets he's had. Okay. That's the first thing you got to keep that in mind. We know the number is at least 50. It might be higher than that. There's a plot twist. He has a wife. Dude is married. But I wonder, like, what his, how much his wife knows if you're married to someone who has this, like, very rich online presence in terms of stalking, you know, a dozen people or whatever. I wonder, if is that something that as, as a, that, that person's partner, are you aware of it? So I've talked about True Car before and how they can help you buy a newer used car and not get ripped off, but they can also help you figure out how much your car is worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. All you have to do is go to True Car and you enter your license plate number and you watch how all of your car's details pop up. Then you just answer a few questions like, do you have navigation or a moonroof or special tires or whatever? And they, you can watch as in real time, they bump up your car's value. If you have high mileage, you already knew that it was going to cost you, but now you know how much so you can plan ahead and that's always good to be prepared. And once you're finished, you'll get a true car cash offer sent in minutes and you can take it to your local certified dealer to cash or trade it in. It makes selling your car so much easier than before. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out true car today and true cash offer is not available in all areas. So you should check that online. But if it is, this will help you guys so much. So go check out true car today. All right, so do you guys remember the pen pal that moved overseas to escape Christopher Hughes? Yeah, Sharon. Yep. We're calling Sharon, Sharon with yes. floating quotation marks. <laughs> Sharon is back. 20 years later, forgot about him because the stocking stopped because it's hard to get information about people from other countries. Right. It's almost impossible, at least online. So she's back in the U.S. And basically, as soon as she sets foot on American soil, the threatening correspondence returned as quickly as it disappeared. In 2015, Chris found the woman's email address on a school website where she was a teacher. He used that address to send her 23 emails over a four-day span. So in all these emails, he ended up using the pet name... Pet name? Pen name. Alias. Is it a pen name? Pookie face? (laughs) Pet name? (laughs) Skittles? Is a pen name something either? No, pet name. I know what a pet name is. Pen name is like an alias... 
a fake name. Okay, anyways, it was Raymond right. Johnson. <laughs> like the Harry Potter lady. What? No. Who J.K. Her- Rowling? Yeah, she wrote J.K. That was her pen name because she didn't want people to know she's a woman. Yes. But... Yeah, That's yeah. a pen name. It's somewhat of a pen name, yeah. I mean, it's still her name, but Mark Twain is Feels a pen good name. to be right. It's not like a total <laughs> alias. Mark Feel Twain like is a pen name. My alias is like... Feels good to be right. <laughs> Anyways, so one of the things that he said to her in this email was, since you were the original person who inspired me to choose evil, evil be thou my good. <laughs> I hate him. I hate he sent it. her then, after that, he sent her a link to a magazine story about the death of five children in a fire. Jesus. Alongside personal info of her own children. <sighs> that is not okay. None of it's okay. Uh, I mean, but this is extra not okay. Yeah, this is I mean, getting into like let terrorizing. Just, let me just remind everybody: they met in fourth grade in the 1970s, and that's it. This is 2015. She escaped the country and moved overseas because the, the incessant threats to her life. Think about somebody that you met in fourth grade that you never really talked to again. Just the most obscure person that you can think of. Like, oh my god, what happened to that kid? And imagine that they would enter your life every six months and send these type of messages for 30 years. Well, imagine thinking you gave it, you know, gave it 20 years to cool off. You left the country. He must have forgotten about me. He must have been for her, for him to find out about her. He must have been checking for her like monthly, every single day, weekly, something, yeah. because it's like as soon as she was back, the started again. So he's like, she's got to be back at or some maybe point. He, maybe he had a Google uh Google, Google, Google alerts? Google alert, maybe? Nah, I, I don't know if that would show up for a, I don't a, know. a school website. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might have. It might have. So? I don't yep. know. I don't think so, because I've been put in articles, unless you're like in the headline. No, 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 no. I've been put in articles, and it hasn't showed up on Google alerts. At all? At all. Hmm. Like, I never got alerts about it. It's happened recently. So I don't think it's a perfect algorithm. It's not perfect, but he could have been using this. But either way, though. Either way, we, he probably had some fancy we, thing that he was using. No, we, we, we've shown that this guy savvy. is dedicated and he's going to find you no matter yeah. what. Okay. Obsession knows no bounds. It does not. I've said this before throughout this episode. This is some psychological warfare. What we haven't, I mean, we've touched on it, but like genuinely, like how dangerous is this person? And I want to just punctuate the obsessive nature i mean i think anyone who is as committed as this guy who would do this for 20 years i mean that's some real hatred and some real rage i mean he's still pretty elusive i did as much research as i could on him and he's still pretty elusive so it's mostly just threats and but they're so dark no i mean i'm not saying that that doesn't like no no i know but the thing is like the i just mean the type of person who would seek out pictures of burnt babies to taunt a new mother like somebody that can even look at pictures of burnt babies is right so it's just scary like this guy whether he's escalated to the physical world it's like he might be a pussy so maybe he hasn't but he's certainly capable lord knows what he'd do to like a tied up woman if it was just given to him but i don't think he has the confidence like go do it Mm -hmm. but i think if he had the chance like fantasy in his mind oh yeah and i think if it was like easy and he knew he could get away with it he'd do it now this is all about terror and power Mm -hmm. probably mostly yeah about i bet he's a small penis. penis very common for these kind of terrorizers. Mm-hmm. Golden State Killer. Golden State Killer. Oh, yeah, had a killer. tiny peen, huh? Micro. Really? Well, we don't know exactly but, if it was micro penis or not. I remember actually working on the book, uh, uh, finishing uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, Michelle's book, with Paul Haynes, her researcher, and I remember we were talking about it. I, I had put in micro penis, and he, he said it's not, it's never actually been 
proven that it was micropenis and micropenis is actually a designation so we can't write that because isn't it like under it was described as being so small that they were going to doctors to be like have you had any patients with like exceptionally small like issues like dick issues oh like, oh, oh around it, the area yeah yeah, yeah. So they in, can figure out who in, in, in sacramento, sacramento. in sacramento during the east rapist attacks got it yeah. got it got it and i mean so it's like it was so small call it micro i mean i have a story that i can't say on air sorry <laughs> because it's like confidential but i'll tell you guys after but like it's small <laughs> and they uh yes. button size it's button yes Ew. And shout that out was to a the direct just killing time. A button size, like the size of a button. S- uh, somebody said it was a victim. Yeah. Said it was button size. I don't yeah. know what button sized means. And Boop. That's <laughs> small. Okay, so Chris obviously got away with this harassment, the stalking, these threats, these photos of charred infants, getting people fired from their jobs, ruining people's lives, ruining people's marriages, ruining people's relationships. Like the ripple effect of his impact is mm-hmm. in. Sane. So he would also, on LiveJournal, for example, if a man came to a woman's defense, because he would make these comments really publicly, he made one guy ruined his life posting about how he's a pedophile and making like fake proof of this. Oh, God. Like ruined some men's lives, too, just for simply coming to like a simple comment of defense. Just like a harmless comment. Like, dude, like... Leave her alone. Yes. And they would get like caught up in the web immediately. And this guy had so much rage that he would keep this war on this guy going for years also. You know, we've heard about obviously his, his war of terror, whatever, but he had no idea that the FBI had actually started building a case against Chris. And that is because the school teacher that he had been harassing for 20 years overseas was actually living on a military base. So I guess it turned into some federal issue. Mm. And that's how she was actually able to get the attention of law enforcement in the first place to make this even a thing. So it was like, a- And I don't know the details of that. Like I said, like we've protected her identity, but we've only done that. Because we don't know her name, because she's like Jane Doe in the court documents. Right. So the FBI starts building a case against Chris, all of his aliases, all of his email addresses and websites, and they all funnel down to one place, which is an address on Staten Island, where he lives with his wife and his in-laws. And his name is Jason Christopher Hughes. He's 46, and he's hit with a five-count indictment. On March 17th, he's charged with two counts of making threats across state lines, which is a federal offense. And if convicted, he's going to face five years imprisonment and a $250,000 fine on each count. So when I found out that he had been arrested, it was just so great. And I felt so much relief and jubilation and also, you know, some sense of of justice and sort of learning more about his life and uh, just like that he has to live with his in-laws and you know, he's stealing internet from his neighbor, and I don't know, just, it just made me feel like he he's definitely not living his, his best life. There was some satisfaction there, and like, you know, because he's constantly, like, sending emails to people about how they're fat and bald, and and then you see him, and he's kind of fat and bald, it's kind of, you know, it just, <laughs> it's not, it's not kind of me, but I definitely felt some, you know, some satisfaction in, in seeing him brought down. So the fact that Jason Christopher Hughes is facing some legal ramifications doesn't necessarily bring his victims any comfort. 
it may on some level, but what are the sentences actually going to be for his types of crimes where he hasn't actually inflicted physical harm on individuals? I don't hate the guy. The thing is, I don't like him. And I want him to stop, and I want him to never do this again. But I want him to get the help that he needs. That's what it boils down to. I did. I went through a period of hating him. But you know what? I carried that hate around in me for so long that it just started trashing me, right? So I, I can't do it anymore. I got sick of it. I've had to become much more, you know, introverted. So, yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's okay. I think that's very dangerous. I think that uh, if someone has the ability to change someone else's personality without their consent, that's pretty messed up. The, like, he has single-handedly kind of nudged me towards being more of a hermit than I would have otherwise been, simply because, I mean, my, my personality has shifted. And, you know, I don't want to blame him. I don't want to give him that kind of power. But the reality is, if I'm being honest, uh, I'm a lot more private of a person than I ever was before I met him. It wasn't until he started harassing me on the Internet and also, like, turning people against me and doing that repeatedly for years and years and years and years. Every time I would I would show up and make any kind of public profile, even for, like, video games and stuff, weird, weird random things, he would show up and start trashing that experience for me. Within a couple of hours of me making an account. So he's like actively looking. You know, there, there's a good 20 years standing there, or about 20 years, where it was like, I don't have any public profile. You can go on the internet and you can search for me. My most public profile, you, you'll probably find it. I'm not going to state exactly anything. And the reason I'm not going to do that is because it's, there are a couple other Travis Witchers in the world, right? So if I specify and his sentence, is up and he doesn't get like mental health care. He doesn't get rehabilitated and he comes back out and he starts doing all this stuff all over again. So what's your fun fact, Alexis? My fun fact is he was doing all of his stalking in Staten Island with stolen internet from his neighbors. He didn't even have his own Wi-Fi. He literally lurked on the Wi-Fi from the neighbor to do that's Which is so dumb if you're internet not open if you're breaking the law like i'm sure it was subpoenaed wouldn't well then he was he hoping then that if he was was it was his thought that he was breaking the law and then he the neighbor would get in trouble neighbor? maybe but that's also he, that's not how it works is it yeah it is yeah because that's the ip address so then they would go they should have the gone IP address is the no it's the device computer? no it's they should they, no, they should have gone to the neighbor first though if they would, if they, if they were tracing it the way that they're saying they are, Maybe they would have they traced did. the IP address. They would have gone to the neighbor first. They would have looked at the neighbor and said, "Your internet's open." Your but internet's it's also, open. There's but no they password. could also trace the device. That's an IP is to the device, right? Yes, Billy, this is hundred percent for a job, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not. This is. A th- I'm not an IT guy. Okay. The device is the IP do address. Job. Do you remember when no. I was on my detective mission when my devices were being broken into? The device is not the IP address. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. We're going to get a lot of messages about this. Listen, like a Google search would definitely. I would also like to clarify. We've learned a coroner doesn't have to be a doctor. So the fact that they can do an execution, we're on board. Please send us your corrections, but don't be don't be rude. We're only three people. We can't know all the things. We are only human. But like we can't know everything. We know a lot, though. I yeah. do not know many things, to be honest. In this world, no clue. Send Jack the email. We're three people with nah, six jobs. That's the problem. That yes. is the problem. But what Eesh. I was saying 
is the irony of being this guy doing all of this. Oh, this is what I was saying. He lives with his in-laws. I think he was barring the internet because of money. He's not doing well. No, I just thought it was funny. She's On like, Staten Island, that's a small place. She was like, it, it was really good to know that he wasn't living his best life. I'm like, do you think this guy is living his best life? Is he on a yacht somewhere? No, I think Rachel is. Champagne. Rachel has a husband, two cute pit bulls, kids. Uh, she's chilling. And started roller derby. No, she didn't right. mention that because I don't have it in here, but that's are, are true. Are we allowed to say that? Do we, are we allowed to? Of course. You said it in an interview. Also, okay. what Rachel, I want to say this too. Rachel did say to me, she's like, I was so devastated by the photos, but she's like, I was in my 30s. She's like, I looked amazing good and i was like i'm sure you did especially if you like roller derbying yeah more power to you girlfriend percent rachel thank you for inspiring us to do such a good episode we're not done though. we're not done <laughs> but i just wanted to say that organically in the moment okay so chris has been released on 150,000 bond pending trial but is under house arrest and is barred from using the internet other than for work purposes i can't believe they're even allowing him to use the internet at all chris if you find us i will sue you <laughs> do not with me it's just like yeah just don't let him use the internet go get a normal job that you're not using go work at mcdonald's and get billy a happy meal yeah i don't think i would eat at a happy meal from <laughs> what know though because right he's now. an internet stalker you don't i'm not gonna like... eat at any mcdonald's in the staten island area by the way everybody <laughs> should google a picture of this guy he has a fancy pair of very small sunglasses also what's incredible is you know this poem about the owl that billy thinks is okay yeah there is a picture of him with a bird there is like a like he's got a pet bird like a parakeet or he something looks like he's from like a really like sad dad version of the matrix yeah he looks like he's like oh the with the glasses the glasses and like the leather trench coat he took the blue pill yeah <laughs> or the red pill which is the bad one which one is the bad one i don't know what morpheus tell about. us he doesn't know even know that. He took the, I'm not a Matrix guy. He so. took the owl pill. Okay, anyways. So, Didn't come out in the 70s. So I don't know what it is. He can't use the internet other than for work purposes, which we said before that I don't understand. And in particular, if he makes any attempt to contact any of his past victims or anyone else does so on his behalf, he's in violation of his bond and will get sent back to prison. Hughes was arraigned on the charges in the U.S. New York Eastern District Court on March 31st and then entered a plea deal of not guilty on April 10th. As Alexis has said, he hasn't been sentenced yet, but um, the sentence guidelines, which are advisory, placed the sentence range of 12 to 18 months. When the charges against Chris became public, it drew other victims to speak out. One of them said, it's been a nightmare. She didn't want her name to be used, but this one woman told the media everything it was just psycho she said he had started a stalker in 2003 after she commented on one of his live journal posts jesus then he sent her emails trying to start a relationship then began stalking her when she turned him down he then got her fired from her jobs by sending notes to her boss claiming that she was the one stalking him she went to local police who simply told her to stay off the internet the woman said she and a few of his other victims banded together and hired a private investigator, lawyers, and even tried to get television news stations to cover the story, hoping to put an end to the years-long harassment, but nothing worked. She said there's no support for people going through this. I'm scared. It's our worst nightmare. If he doesn't go to jail after this, we're it, it's such a nightmare, and we need the biggest thing for police is police have to take this seriously. He was arrested and has now pled guilty. The charges that he, that he pled guilty to are for two different victims of his. 
So he's not being punished for anything that he did to me at this time, but I was able to do a victim impact statement to hopefully help with the sentencing. Um, so we're hoping for a long sentence. I, it's really nice to be able to talk about it uh, without, you know, because in a way, you know, we're worried about retaliation. But if he retaliates, then he's he's like violating his his the terms of his probation or whatever. So it it, it feels pretty good. I mean, I hope he gets some jail time. Happy Thanksgiving, Ooh, happy Turkey Day. Happy Turkey Day, everyone. T- what is it? Ew, Billy. <laughs> yes. Honestly, every day is a it's holiday. Day, Billy everyone. should start every episode with like, happy watermelon day. Oh, my God. Happy Arbor Day. <gasps> you know what we should do? What day? What? Oh, the holiday. We, no, we should look up like when our episode airs, what's the holiday? holiday that lands in it. So it's like, happy socks day, everyone. Yes. And Billy does it. That's that's going to be how we You're going to turn into a meme. I hope. I just want to say thanks to Rachel because this is something that's really hard. Yeah. And the fact that she completely was transparent about her relationship with this person, but she's completely right in that she didn't deserve any of this. You don't expect to be punished for completely normal behavior. Yeah. And for it, 17 years. For 17 years. And it took a lot of bravery for her to tell her story. Yeah. And we really Rachel's appreciate amazing. that. We and really it, do. And it really brings light to... A, a really common occurrence and I think it, it's important to cover because a lot of people are going to resonate with this a lot of people have experienced something like this and it's it's hard to go to authorities and be taken seriously so we really appreciate her but continue to do so yes. because the more people who do it the more pressure will be on people to listen absolutely absolutely so um I mean, it would be interesting if anybody that has that that's listening to this podcast, if you have a story of stalking or cyber stalking or if you've encountered this stalker or this guy, because we know. had many, 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 please write us. We'd like to tell your story. Hello at the first degree podcast dot com or the first degree podcast dot com or at the first degree on Instagram. Write us a DM. Alexis checks it neurotically every Incessantly. 20 minutes. Um, and follow us on Instagram at Alexis Linkletter, at Billy Jensen, at Jack Bannock. And keep yeah. your friends close, but not that close. Far enough for the internet. <laughs> keep them very far away. <laughs> keep them far enough away for a social construct like the internet. Okay. Over and out. Over and out. <laughs> <laughs>